0: Hello, hello. It's your favorite host, Spencer Ostrowski, here at Delivering Sports, bringing you today's modern sports news and analysis. I'm bringing you in from my personal favorites, Boston, in the studio on Valentine's Day, because radio is my one true love. Also, I don't have a girlfriend, so that's also part of it. <laughs> I feel like one of those old time DJs with the ridiculous voices. A good voting, everybody! I'm coming to you live from sunny Las Vegas. I'm going to be at a warm today with a high of What 10 and a low of 100. I got a feeling you'll be wearing a jacket today. (laughs) That's my, uh, there's my morning DJ host skills. So if any, uh, (laughs) if any radio station wants someone who's absolutely horrible, well, I'm very much available to talk about weather in a ridiculous voice. Welcome back to another episode. Today I'm going to be talking some NBA hoops. There's no better time to sit down and think about it than, than with the all-star break. While some executives are probably off on vacation, I decided to sit down and look at every team that I believe is already completely out of the playoff race. They don't have a chance. And I'm going to play owner, GM, advisor, that kind of role. I'm going to give advice to all the worst teams in the league, and I hope they take it to heart. I really do. I don't mean it as a harsh criticism. This is just my opinion and what they should be doing going forward. I'm going to start with the Eastern Conference to make it simple. Let's we'll start with the Cleveland Cavaliers, like the worst team in the East. All right. First, your cap space is an absolute mess. you got to get that under your control. You're paying Kevin Love until 2022 to 2023, which is unacceptable. You have to trade him. First of all, he doesn't want to be there. He's not adding any value to your franchise because you're not going to make the playoffs anytime soon. I don't know what you got offered. I can't sit here and say that you didn't get anything good because I have no idea there weren't even rumors about it. One way or another, a team's gonna want Kevin love. yes, he's making 31 million dollars next year. I understand that's not the easiest thing to deal with but I would imagine you're gonna get something a little better than what you offered for Andre Drummond like if I can if that makes sense, you can probably get a late 20s maybe in the first round which is quite valuable for your team where you're still looking for talent next sit down and clean house get rid of all your scouts all of them because you haven't been drafting well everyone's expendable as well Uh, that's what i would say even colin sexton darius garland you got to have a hard look at what you want your franchise to be because right now it's an absolute mess colin sexton and darius garland are some of the worst defensive guards i've personally seen And I know the statistics show that they're like the worst offenders of all time or whatever, but, you know, I'm not going to buy too much into that. But let's be honest, those two together, it's a pretty much disaster class because the league is centered around guards today. And the fact that you don't have at least one, because we've seen that with Clay and Steph, not both of them have to play good defense, but you need one of them. So honestly, in my opinion, you let Colin Sexton go, he's too small to ever be a good defender. And he's also not good enough from outside. Some team is going to be interested in Colin Sexton. I don't know which one. Probably one of these bottom feeding teams. They're not going to, like the playoff teams aren't going to want him because no one wants that kind of presence in the playoffs. Let's be honest. So that's what I got from there. Other than that, you got to get rid of some guys. I don't know why they traded for Dante Exum. He's shooting, he's shooting like less than 30% from three. Look, I, I do feel bad for the guy. That's not to say that I don't. I really do. He was supposed to be a really big prospect from Australia, and it just didn't work out. And, you know, he's gotten paid. It's it's not like he's going to live a life of misery or he's had some sort of career-ending injury. But he doesn't belong on a struggling team, you know. He's not going to add any value for you in the next two years in which you really need to develop somebody, whoever you decide to go with. So I would say that's definitely a big problem. Chetty Osman, he's only making 6 seven a year. But again... That's just six, seven a year off the cap that you just don't need. And yeah, I know some people are fans of him, but not me. I I just don't see why you need to keep him around. You got guys like Kevin Porter, which is okay. Larry Nance, you're paying him 10 million. Sure. You want him to be someone like Brandon Clark. Is he ever going to be, is his IQ ever going to be big enough for that? Do you want him in your starting lineup? probably not let's be honest so i mean they have a really messy roster but not one that's unfixable not like a team that we'll, ha- we'll see coming up because you have assets i mean you have under drummond and he'll probably if i what i imagine he'll pick up his player option he's scheduled to make 28 million next year so for someone to t- to take like to bet on themselves and not take 28 million i mean we saw it happen with isaiah thomas and not not that it was the exact same situation but Guys, see that nothing in the NBA is guaranteed, no matter how good you are. Isaiah Thomas was like in the top three voting for MVP, and he will never accumulate enough in the rest of his career for one year of what he would have made with a Supermax deal. So I fully expect him. So if you want to stay with Andre Drummond, that's cool. Honestly, if he picks up his player option, I'm looking to trade him next year. So that's just my opinion. And like I said, you got to find out who you want to be on this team and. To me, there's no single person who I'd want to be on my franchise going into the next five years. But that's the hand they have dealt. Deal one of uh, Colin Sexton or Darius Garland and go from there. That's and also, of course, there is there is the NBA draft in which they'll in which they'll get another player. Let me go ahead and sim the lottery here and just kind of see where they're going to fall. In this draft, it has him falling to three and taking Lamelo Ball. Which, yes, I understand that you have two point guards, but like I've been arguing, you don't need both of them. I think Lamelo Ball would be a great facilitator, and you know they need to start getting shooters. To be honest with you, so if they could get Lamelo Ball, it'd be great. I'm sure they would also love Anthony Edwards, or or they could go James Wiseman. Because, you know, you can trade Andre Drummond and you can get much more than what you gave for him. I'm very sure, especially now that he's expiring deal, like some team would be willing to give you some, uh, some sort of decent asset for it. So I think they would love to have a top three pick and try to get probably their next shooting guard that they want going forward. Moving on, we'll look at the Atlanta Hawks. <laughs> Kevin's going to disagree with me if, when he hears this, I'm sure, but continue the trend of acquiring veteran assets. At this point, you have the young guys that you want. You have more than you could possibly ever want. You have Trey, you have DeAndre Hunter, you have uh, Kevin Herter. You have some guys who are going to help you develop into a winning team. If you can keep getting guys like that, like Clint Capella, which I know they give a first round pick, but if you can keep getting guys who know, who have won games, Clint Capella has won games, he's been in the playoffs, he's almost went to a finals. You can lift yourself from poverty because let's be honest. Yes, you have guys who are going to be with your team for a long time. Like we all know that. But you need something a little more. Potential isn't worth anything in the NBA. I mean, they're an exciting team, but I mean, they are literally at the bottom of the league and it's going to continue that way unless they can change something about that. And I just think you get that more with maybe not someone as old as Paul Millsap, but. You know, a Lamarcus Aldridge would be great for this team, just to teach them what it's like to win games because these kids don't really have any mentors right now. Let's be honest. Yeah, Vince Carter, but you know, Vince Carter is really on his long retirement tour, and I'm I'm sure he gives. He's a great guy. I mean, when he played for Memphis, I obviously learned a lot more about him, and he he loves the game of basketball. But at this point in his career, I don't think he's determined to get the Hawks away from you know missing the playoffs. He's just there to kind of teach them the ropes on how to be young men, not how to be young superstars, that kind of thing. Your cast face isn't anything crazy. And yeah, and you're playing Clint Cabella, but you're never going to pay him more than 20 million. That's just not in his contract until 2023. So nothing's nuts. And you're obviously going to have to play Trey Young at some point, but you still have a couple more years before you have to deal with that too. So I like where they're at, but they need a they need something further. Maybe Kevin Love. <laughs> Maybe they're the kind of person that, that gives up one of their first round assets like that the Cleveland Cavaliers need, but you're looking for something a little more. I don't know if you do that because he's getting paid so much, but you know, I, I don't think that's out of the possibility. And I think that the, that's a guy who could really help their team in the long run. Next up we're gonna go with the New York Knicks. My advice, Dolan, stay away from the front office, please. Keep your imprint away from the team. Let your team culture develop. I understand. He wants to be loved by the fans. And it bothers him, obviously, when, the, when all, everyone in the crowd is like yelling to sell the team. It gets to his head. I mean, that's a fact from the statements that he makes uh, like on behalf of the Knicks. So what I'm saying is, let, business, let basketball minds make the basketball decisions. A great example. Robert Kraft and and Bill Belichick Robert Kraft went to Belichick a very smart man and he said Look man I do not know about football I love football I have no idea about how to pick talent how to run a team but dude you look like you know what you're doing I'm going to stay as far away as I can and enjoy winning if you're good at what you do I will not tell you anything different if you don't want if you don't like produce I'll fire you. I mean, it's pretty simple, right? I don't think that's anything nuts or out of the question of what you should be doing. Dolan is not like that. (laughs) Dolan wants to be the reason the Knicks are successful, but he doesn't know how to. You have a new front office who are trying to get real guys in, you know, not just big names and something that'll make the tabloids. He's trying to get smart people in his front office. And I hope I'm not a Knicks fan, so I don't really care, to be honest with you, but Again, I'm giving advice. Just let them do their thing. Let them acquire the guys that they want and decide what kind of brand of basketball you want to play and stick to it. Next, get rid of Kevin Knox and Frank Nelikina. I say that with peace and love. I promise you. Their relationship and confidence is done with this team. I do not know what their career is going to look like in the future. I really don't. It's hard to say at this point, but it is not going to be good on the Knicks. Look, I understand that you probably can't play Kevin Knox minutes, but you're holding on to him like you are in the future. And I get that he's young, but he has regressed almost from his rookie season. And I think that's a lot to do with him just laying on the bench. And I can get it. I'm a young guy, too. If I was suddenly benched, I'd be pretty upset. When I was in high school, I used to play junior varsity. And I got moved up to varsity and I thought it was the best thing ever. I was very excited. I was like, I'm going to play in the big games. This is like serious. You know, more people go to the games, obviously, and that kind of thing. And I was pretty good in junior varsity. I wasn't some sort of superstar going to the G league, but you know, I started and I played pretty darn well, I got to say. So when I moved up to varsity, I was like, yeah, I'm probably going to have a more limited role, but it'll be more fun. It'll be more competitive. Not how it worked out at all. I ended up never playing a minute. And it was like the most upsetting thing to me. And I regress as a basketball player too. At the beginning, you try harder, you train harder because you want to be noticed but then you realize that's never the intention. You know, that's, They're never meant to play you. And I don't think the Knicks in, intend to play Kevin Knox at all at this point. And most of the fans are done with him too. Can he become some sort of superstar on another team? No. But can he be a contributor on another team? If he went to the Spurs, if he went to the Nuggets, what would he be? That's for another team to decide. And the Knicks have to decide what kind of value. The Knicks want top 10 value for Kevin Knox because his potential. It's just not going to work out that way. I mean, it it really isn't. What I think is going to happen is that his real value is probably in the 20s of the first round. But then you start getting into issues because the late 20s are playoff teams, right? And what playoff team is going to want a project player? I don't know. I, I think at the end of the day, you're going to have to either get a, f- like a far future first round pick for him from like a bad team or trade him for other young assets. Like in the Clippers deal, you were talking about some two really good guys, like Marcus Morris Till I'm talking about. And you know, there was, I the talk of prospects and I think those are the kind of prospects like G League superstars and maybe an early second if a team has that kind of thing. I know that's probably not what the Knicks fan want from Kevin Knox but you're not going to get more than that because young teams are going to believe that their top 10 pick is better than Kevin Knox at this point. You have to. If your scout tells you that Kevin Knox has, has like a better outlook than Kevin Knox and they're lying, at least to me. I would not I would not want my scout to do that. So and at this point I, I honestly think Frank Nelequina has a higher trade value. A guy who is a proven defensive player. Yes, we know his limitations on his offense. That's quite obvious. But if you can get a playoff team would be willing to trade a late first round pick in my opinion for Kevin for Frank Nelequina, excuse me. That kind of guy you can play in the late minutes of playoff games. Or at least if you develop him for one year in your system, you can. I don't think he's going to be an all-star any day, but he can certainly be a very solid guard off the bench that the Knicks just frankly are frankly uh, are ready to move, should be ready to move on from. And I know a lot of fans love him, but there isn't a clear proven developmental system within the Knicks. And I don't think that's ever going to be the culture in New York. Everyone says to develop young guys, but it's been my entire lifetime, and I haven't done that. They want to win now all the time, and I understand that. The, the Lakers have had the same mentality, and for whatever it's worth, they have done so to this point. After all the losing seasons, they have kept that same mindset, and it has worked. You are New York. You should be able to get—eventually, you will get a big free agent. You will get a LeBron James-type player eventually if you maintain that mentality, if you start going away from that, I I think it's just going to set them back another decade or five years, that kind of thing. Move on from those two guys and really take something forward and fix your payroll. I mean, I know a lot of these guys have team options, but you took them with the intention of trading all of them like Morris, but your system is so bad that nobody wants them anymore. So they have to figure out what they want to do with that. You got Alfred Payton. You got Taj Gibson, you got Bobby Portis, Julius Randle. What is the plan? I guess you're not at this point, you're really not going to be able to trade him. you got to let him go. And I don't think just picking up a bunch of veteran guys is, is the solution for what they're doing. And a lot of that comes from what the front office wants to do as well. What do you want this team to be? Because right now it's nothing. There is literally nothing. It's just New York. That's what the team is. And. I understand that's always going to be part of the, the identity, but you need a run-and-gun style. You need a 3-and-D style, something like that, because you're just picking up players because they're t- they have talent. Bobby Portis has talent. Julius Randle has a—maybe nah, not a lot of talent, but you know he is kind of that borderline type of all-star player that teams are interested in. But he he's not going to be a player in a 3-and-D system. He could be in a power system. Bobby Portis might be in a power system. But then you guys have like Wayne Ellington, who are the archetype 3D player, but he doesn't fit into this team. And obviously that was shown But this year because he is terrible, <laughs> and, but he's actually pretty good. Like he has been good in his career and he's been a dependable three-point shooter. So what I, the Knicks really need to do, like I said, move on from those guys, but draft LaMelo Ball. That's That's my big advice. I don't know how that happens. I, I mean, obviously, would love for the ping pong balls to drop your way. If they can get him, that would be their best case scenario. Sure, having Anthony Edwards on your team isn't a bad idea. I would stay away from James Wiseman. I mean, they just they don't need another center. They have theirs. His, his IQ may not be the highest, but he can be there for you in the long run, I think. I think he can develop a little more. He'll never be a smart, smart basketball player, but he can be a starting center on a championship team, in my opinion. So do it maybe trade up to take Lamella Ball. That should be your guy. Or Hallen Burton, sure, but Lamella Ball's IQ is much more NBA ready, and that's the kind of guy you need around RJ Barrett. It really is. He needs smart basketball players around him because he himself is a very smart basketball player. And I think with Lamella Ball and RJ, you can run the power kind of offense that I was talking about and I I think that would fit with some of their more cultural guys like I guess if they keep Julius Randle it would be very good that LaMelo Balls on their team at that point you start having troubles with spacing but if you have an offensive identity it can work and I, I think that's the direction they should go in so that's my advice for the Knicks moving on to the worst team on this entire list and that's the Detroit Pistons let me just start by breaking down (laughs) <laughs> like their roster, which is scary. Blake Griffin, yeah, I can understand the project of wanting to revitalize Detroit basketball. I really do. Don't get me wrong. But because, you, you you know, you trade for Blake Griffin, you have DeAndre uh, Drummond, and Drummond, and that's your two core guys. Like, that's who you want to build your franchise around. It doesn't work. Blake Griffin is just too injury-prone. And Drummond himself isn't the healthiest player either. It didn't work out. I can. I, it's very valiant what they tried. So you decide to rebuild. Nothing wrong with that. I think that's the right decision. So you want to trade Drummond. But then you make the second worst trade of my lifetime. When you get no assets back. So you're already in a hole. You still have Reggie Jackson who's going to be a free agent this summer. You clearly couldn't get rid of him. I can't believe that. I really, really don't Brandon Knight, he's making $15 million this year. Tony Snell, sure, he's a 40% three point shooter. You couldn't have traded him. Wow, that's pretty crazy. Sean Henson isn't going to be on your team. You can't trade Derrick Rose. Fortunately, you're going to have him next year as an expiring $7 million contract. So hopefully, you can get that done at that point. You have Thon Maker, who's going to be expiring this year. Your only real player on this team. I mean, in reality, if Stan Maker and Luke Kennard. I mean, why would you even talk about trading Luke Kennard? What are you doing? So this is my advice overall to get to the point. Fire everybody, everyone. If you're the owner, I'm playing the owner in this situation. You fire GM, you fire your scouts, you fire your social media team. Anybody who's associated with the team right now, you got to get rid of. You got to get the stink out of the office because it's stinky. And you have the least amount of assets in the entire NBA. That is not a place you want to be. That's not where I want to be. You don't even have, I mean, your only tradable contracts are going to be expiring. And who's going to take a $36 million Blake Griffin, who's just coming off IR? I don't know. Someone, maybe a veteran team would probably love to have Blake Griffin. The money's a little difficult to work out at that point, but I don't think he's untradable. But it's not going to be easy. I mean, you let Reggie Jackson go without trading him. That's just embarrassing. So I really don't know. You got to hire someone who can talk to GMs. Hire a face that will talk to people because if you keep your same front office, you're going to get garbage in the trade deadline next year because no one's going to respect you in the slightest bit. That's just the reality. You make a trade like Andre Drummond, every GM is going to want to spill on you. I would. I'd be the first to call them. I'd call them every day before the trade deadline, offering them... Numerous packages of just plates of dirt in the hopes that they'll be stupid enough again to give me players for free, essentially, for for my worst assets, I should say. That's where you got to start because I can't go from there because I don't know what the heck they're doing. You got to fire everyone. That's my advice. On to the next team in the East. We got the Charlotte Hornets. (laughs) I don't know how this happens, and I don't think it's even possible, but... The team collectively needs to move on from Michael Jordan. He's still somehow the face of the Hornets, which you don't want. Because you're your own franchise, right? You're not Michael Jordan. Own an identity and don't let your identity be how bad Michael Jordan is as an owner. Stop floating in a space because you actually have some talent on your team. You have some stinkers in your, that you're paying, but you have Malik Monk, who I am a big fan of. You have PJ Washington. You have Miles Bridges, and you have Devontae Graham. Those are four pretty damn good players, let's be honest with ourselves. I'm impressed with that. I would love to be in their position. if I'm a, If I'm a new GM and they offer me a job first, that's probably one of the rebuilding projects I'm most interested in you got to get rid of Batum, who's going to pick up his option. <laughs> it's a it's a player option. He's going to make $27 million next year. Of course, he's going to pick that up. He's never going to make that again in his career. If he declined it, he wouldn't make that much for the rest of his career, for the, the sum of all of his other contracts. So you're going to have Batum. Sure, he's going to be 32 years old. Not ideal. But he's not the worst player. He just kind of gets hurt all the time. And he was very good when he first got there. So you're going to have to deal with him for one more year. There's no way to get around it. you got to trade Terry Rogier. Why you signed him in the first place, I think that's a Michael Jordan move. Not to say that he's a bad player, but you have Devontae Graham. And the two are scoring point guards. You know They're not ball facilitators. They want to score the ball. So when they both play together, it's just very awkward. And you don't need to be playing. They're essentially going to make about the same money per year at some point in their careers. And you don't want both of them on your team because you want to spread that money to other positions of need. You're going to get rid of Bismack Biombo, which is good. I'm Sure, you probably would have wanted to trade him uh, as an expiring $17 million deal, but that's a lot of money, and it's hard to match salaries like that. And who really wants Bismack Biombo other than in free agency for a cheaper price? I don't know. That's a hard deal to, get, to make. You overpaid Cody Zeller. You're going to have to deal with that for another year. No one's going to take on his $15 million contract, which he'll make next year, which is unfortunate, but not the end of the world because you have a lot of young players who you're not going to have to pay until after his contract's up. Other than that, I mean, just take what I said to heart. If you're listening, I don't know who the owner of the Hornets is, or other than Jordan. I'm sure he doesn't own all of the company. So if all the owners are listening to me, please take this to heart. I think that's some really good advice because I think you can be a playoff team in the next two years, especially because the East is so weak. That's my advice. Last in the East, we'll talk about the Chicago Bulls. Let me start with this. Don't ruin the career of your best player, Laurie Markkinen. Please don't. I know he said he wants to get traded after the trade deadline, which is stupid, but sit down with him after the season and say, look, we've made a lot of pretty bad decisions. We haven't been building the right system around you. We want you to be the face of our franchise. Why would a team not want someone like Jaron Jackson? Basically is what Laurie Markkinen is. It's like if you trade athletic, a little bit of athleticism for shooting ability, that's what Laurie Marketing could be. He's having a really bad year, let's be honest. But I think he has a coach that he doesn't like. And there was all these reports that the players didn't like him and they end up resigning the coach, which I thought was very strange. And I think that's a big reason why he wants to leave. I don't know how you get out of your coach's contract, but fire him. Make it happen. You're one of the most valuable franchises in the league. Get someone who he wants as his coach. Sit down with him and ask him. You want him to be on your team for a very long time. And I, I think that should be that should be their main priority for the rest of the season and the offseason. Don't trade him. Or if you do, trade up to get LaMelo Ball or something like that, you know. But I, again, I would say you keep him and make your franchise around him. Because you, you need him. <laughs> Let's be honest. You're going to try to find his replacement essentially right after. That's the whole point. You always want a power forward with that kind of ability. Number two, find a way to move on from Valentine and Dunn. They're like a dark cloud over your franchise where that's just, whether that just means letting them go in free agency or trading them. I don't know if you can get a trade done for those two, but it's just the idea of how you were like acquire them. And then Denzel Valentine or yeah, uh, Denzel was like this big type of player who was going to be like this big, small forward. And it, it's just not, it's not going to work out and it is not working out. So that, you got to find a way to have them not on your roster because I think those two players specifically are letting them down and keeping them from the playoffs as dramatic as that seems. I really do. Number three, stop signing guys like Thaddeus Young. What the hell are you doing? Stop it. Cut that out. You don't need to do that. That is so unnecessary. You overpaid for an old man. For what? To maybe make the A seed, which they're not going to? Don't do that. Now is not the time to sign guys like... Thaddeus young it's really not and it's not next year either i'll tell you that and the last one is probably the hardest to say <laughs> i don't know why but it just sounds hard because you just drafted window carter but find your franchise center if you are going to trade up in the draft maybe trade up for wiseman when you like trade up uh you know trade laurie Mark and trade up because i liked window carter coming out of college and i liked him in his first year for the most part it's just not coming together for him and Maybe that means finding a new coach to find with Laurie and Wendell Carter, but I just don't think Wendell Carter's in your long-term plans at this point. I just don't think he's progressed enough to warrant the ability to make... like I can't picture him being the starting, the starting center on a finals roster or a conference finals roster. It's just not there for me. And if I'm in the position, if I'm the GM, I'm moving on from him. Maybe I'm wrong, but... I would love to hear what your guys' thoughts actually are on Window Carter because he's kind of floating right now. He's not bad, but he's not great either. Definitely not. All right, now we're going to move on to the West. This list is shorter because I think Portland, San Antonio, the Pelicans all still have a chance to make the playoffs. It's, it's pretty close. And Yeah, I mean, there's some other fringe teams, but those are the three teams that I really believe could make it. Cause I, I know Phoenix is technically like none of these teams are technically out of the race. This is just my opinion why I'm like, yeah, I don't see them making the playoffs at all. So let's get started with the golden state warriors. This is going to be crazy because I know that they had the potential for the f- number one overall pick sell out. sell all of your draft assets, every single one of them for a superstar, whoever that may be, you're not going to want to develop Wiseman. Like let's say they get the number one pick and they pick Wiseman. Do you want Wiseman to be like your developing star while you should be chasing rings? Steph and Clay are very close by themselves to a championship team. I mean, they've literally, they've done it. I don't think you want to fill that void with guys who are going to take time to mature. At least to me, championship windows are so small. So why build for the future if your future is standing right in front of you to win the finals? I don't know who you get. I don't know what the, I don't know exactly what that looks like. But that's my advice. They have to sit down and really think. They have all these first round picks or whatever. If you get the number one overall pick, what can you get for that? Probably something pretty good, let's be honest. And probably something that you'd be interested in. They might be one piece away from a championship. Maybe. Does this team with Lamarcus Aldridge or something like that playing center not giving up the first overall pick for Lamarcus, of course, but you know if you trade something in the future away for him, and you make one run on it, is Lamarcus, Steph, Clay, and Draymond enough to win a championship? Maybe. I'm not going to tell you no. Certainly not. So uh, that's that's what my big advice. Also, just on a side note, don't let Curry or Clay think about playing basketball until tip off next year please if you have any sort of decency and i i I think they do i think they have the right of mind for that kind of thing of course the timberwolves develop russell how you want him you got the guy you wanted is he the guy that i would personally want for my franchise yeah maybe not honestly i mean defensively he is atrocious i've I watched that game they had against the Raptors, and I mean Kyle Lowry was just going absolutely bananas. He was nowhere to be found, especially in transition. He's clueless defensively. Just, am I saying that he's lost as a very young man? Like I, I think he's like 22 or year, years old or something like that. No. My advice: hire Tony Allen as a defensive coach. Give name him an assistant coach, whatever. Have him work personally with D'Angelo Russell on defensive stance on. Elevating his defensive IQ because you need him to be better than what he is defensively. We know he's a great offensive weapon. I There's no doubt about that. The guy is can go off. And so can Carl Anthony Towns. And that's why they want him so bad. But both of them together, you got to build an elite defensive team around them. Like you need a very like Clay thompson S shooting guard, which they don't have, of course. And I don't think they're going to get one anytime soon. So you got to work on your guy who you wanted he needs to be their main focus for the rest of the season, like nonstop. And it, it's, he's not going to be as bad as he was in the Raptors game all season. Cause he's still learning their system, of course. And that's a very complex thing. But again, I think when he's all the way situated and all the way comfortable with that system, he's still not going to be a great defensive player. And that's something they need to really start to think about. And I, I think it's time for them. Now they have their two main guys, I don't think you're going to get a third great one, but if you can trade for someone, not saying this is specifically the trade for, if you can trade for someone like Draymond Green, I think that would be amazing. I don't know what, there's not a specific name that pops into mind, but if you can get someone like that who can facilitate, really facilitate your offense, because De'Angelo Russell could be a great shooting guard. He's he's just a great scoring guard. But if you can have someone who has the, the high mental IQ, if you can get a Marcus Saul Someone like Marcus Hall, who is a great center when it comes to passing, who can really have the ball in his hands in the half court, I think I would go miles. They, should, they could be a playoff team next year if they get someone like that. If they specifically have Draymond Green on their team, yeah, I, I think they're in the playoffs. I think they can make the A-seed because it's, the A-seed in the West is fairly weak. I know the, I'm a Grizzlies fan, but I mean, even I can notice that that's a very young team, and a veteran team should be able to make that A-seed. Which is why it's so surprising to see who's below them, like Portland and San Antonio. But someone should have that A spot. And I think the Timberwolves could be able to do that with one more piece. So it's trade your draft assets for someone. Someone who you know will give you production. All right. Going up next is the Sacramento Kings. Who I'm very upset with. I've never seen a team take so many, so many steps forward and just numerous steps back. Step one: Fire Vladi Divac yesterday. Don't, don't even think about it. And anyone who has ever scouted for your team, hire people who used to be scouts for your team and then fire them again. You gotta get, you gotta clean house. You gotta fire your coach, and you gotta resign Dave Yeager. That guy was able to get production out of your best players, which is exactly what you're looking for. De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Heald were playing great. He he earned Buddy his contract, first of all. But he knows what he's doing, and he's he's currently not coaching anyone. If you're smart, you'd get him back, and you'd beg him to come back. I don't think that makes your franchise look bad. I think that makes it you seem smart because you realize your mistakes. And I think people around the league can respect that. I would, at least. And I mean, just in general, stop being a poverty franchise. It's like they it's like their franchise is set up like we're supposed to feel sorry for them in a way. That's kind of how I feel. Should I feel sorry for Sacramento Kings for just being as bad as they are all the time? No, their roster is not bad. Signing Harrison Barnes to an extension was an absolute disaster, but I mean, he's making less money as time goes on and he's going to make 20 million in 2021, which is what it is. He's not a terrible player. Um, I mean you sign guys like Corey Joseph, sure. Uh, Marvin Bagley is just a huge stain on your on your franchise. And you I don't know, trade him if you can, honestly, at this point. I'm sure something would take him on. You gotta get you gotta get away from that draft because it's I can't think of anything but who they did not pick in that draft. And you trade Marvin Bagley away for his the top value that he's ever gonna get. I think you're able to get something because the other players are much more important than him, which is which is just crazy to say. Uh, Bogdanovich is a great, great player. Jabari, Parkey, Jabari Parker, sure, whatever. But De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Heald and Bogdanovich, those are those are your guys. That's who you want on your team, right? They should be in the playoffs. They would be in the playoffs this year at Dave Yeager. Let's be honest. They would probably be five games above 500. They'd be slightly better than the Grizzlies. That's where they should be, but they're not because they've done everything wrong that I could possibly think of. It's kind of depressing, to be honest with you, but that's what they're in. That's my advice. Last, and certainly not least, kind of, we have the Phoenix Suns. And I think this is the most interesting team to analyze because (laughs) your roster isn't bad. Like, (laughs) it's hard to, (laughs) they should be in the playoffs, right? I mean, Devin Booker, Ricky Rubio, Kelly Oubre, DeAndre Ayton, Aaron Baines. Mikael Bridges. Is that a bad team? Can someone like talk about that with me? Does that sound bad to anybody? Is that not an eighth seed type of roster? I think it is. And I'll tell you, I thought about this a lot. But I'm gonna come out and say it. You gotta trade Devin Booker. It's time to move on. He is a curse to your franchise that you just don't need anymore it's the only way i can think of shaking the rust they can't win more than 30 games in a season that doesn't even sound possible to do that as many times as they have in a row to me it starts with booker it really does he doesn't care about winning let's be honest has that ever been the main discussion of his team he i think he loves people on social media making excuses for him i really do his stats are insane. I, I see it. I've seen him on the court. He is a very good basketball player. But what is it at this point? I would, I would love to hear that. Kelly Oubre, they got in one of the best deals of all time, trading Trevor Reza for Kelly Oubre. And I haven't, I didn't talk about the Wizards because they, they're still on the fringe of the playoffs. But where would they be if they had Kelly Oubre this season? I don't know. But that's a discussion for another time. But something's got to something's got to give because if you keep running this over and over again with a team that should make the playoffs and they just don't win 30 games you're just going to be in purgatory for the rest of time and it's not like devin booker is some sort of huge fan attraction no one's like no one's going they're like one of the worst attendance franchises ever so trade him. You're going to get something great. You're going to get one of the biggest packages in recent memory for him. You're going to get more assets than... I'm thinking of maybe the Westbrook-Chris Paul trade type of deal. You can, but more than that. You should be able to get a player of the talent level of Shea Gilgis-Alexander for Devin Booker. At least. With a bevy of first-round picks. A bevy, I say. I just know they haven't heard talks. I mean, they just extended him. And he's going to be making $35 million in 2023 to 2024. So it's time to move on. That's my advice. Think about it. You got time over the All-Star break. <laughs> well, that's going to do it for me. That's my advice to all of the teams in the NBA that are not going to make the playoffs. I want to thank Lee Bishop for providing our logo this is the lee bishop studio i gotta thank the guy he made our logo and it looks absolutely fantastic thank you so much lee i really appreciate it i always want to mention you for every podcast i'll never forget what you did for me thank you so much happy valentine's day everybody hopefully it'll be up before midnight i think it will be and thank you for listening guys i really appreciate it i feel all this is going to be on social media so if you're listening on the podcast i recommend watching the video is even because I'll have lots of graphics and cool little stuff above my head, you you'll see in the video. I'll be clipping on social media. You can, can follow me on at Delivering Sports on Twitter because it's to too many characters. Follow me on Instagram at Delivering Sports, or you can find me on YouTube, Delivering Sports. Two, Thank you so much, guys, and I'll see you next time. Love was made for me and you.